0: This podcast is intended for listeners that are 18 years or older. Explicit language, sensitive content, and views
1: that are objectionable to some listeners may be present in the podcast. As such, listener discretion is strongly advised. Please read our podcast terms and conditions before listening to Up the Rabbit Hole.
0: Hey, welcome back to Up the Rabbit Hole with a the Sex Therapist. And this is Dr. Corey Harushka, and I have my lovely co-host, Brandy Enns. And we also have a guest today, which is Karen say hi karen hello say hi brandy
1: good morning
0: (laughs) today our topic is about all about the clit otherwise known as the clitoris and so we have two lovely ladies here who will be able to talk about that probably even from some personal experience dynamics (laughs) (laughs) fantastic yeah you're gonna love that I, i don't have one of those but i can talk about it so i mean So uh, let's start with our first joke of the day. So now (laughs) I have to qualify this one because it is a a very old joke and uh, would not fly today. (laughs) Um, So that's partly why I want to tell it. So
1: we're already starting off just during the pot. Fantastic.
0: I can't (laughs) can't help it. So because it was uh, I was looking for good clitoris jokes and I couldn't find one. And then, of course, my adolescent brain popped up remembering one back from university. I'm like, Oh boy, this is the one that's going (laughs) to stir the pot. So here's the question. How do you find the clitoris?
1: I don't know. New share. Who
0: cares? Yeah. So
1: let's qualify that right now. (laughs) That's
0: right. (laughs) So that was at that time, it was actually kind of a, the ongoing joke about men's, you know, typically men's unwillingness or kind of that self-focused dynamic on, on male sexuality compared to kind of the much more now focus on female sexuality and being a lot more equal in this process. But it was funny at that time because it was like, it still brought up a whole bunch of ooh-ahs kind of back then. And I'm sure it's going to bring up a few more ooh-ahs now, but it's just kind of funny to even have that, that even I don't even think that would even come across my head now as a question it's just things have changed so much over the last 20 or 30 years in terms of you know kind of that equity and balance and sometimes it might even be the other way so just yeah (laughs) I thought I had to say that joke just because
1: uh it 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 perhaps used to have been funny I don't find it funny anymore
0: Well, it's, it's, just, you it's know, more to me. It's funny because of the the, the absurdity of it. Absolutely, it yeah. Like, I don't believe you just said that. It's like, yep.
2: Karen, what are your thoughts on that one? I mean, it's definitely reflective of the times for sure. Um, not not a lot right now uh, in terms of this new movement for oral sex, which is great. But it's interesting to see what life was like back then for women.
0: As she says with a smile. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're going to beat (laughs) us. Go ahead. I'm going to put her on the hot seat. It's kind of what I like doing. She knows it too, so she's been prepared and warned. (laughs)
2: Definitely.
1: Oh, our poor practicum students. We do put (laughs) them through the ringer a little bit when they're on the podcast.
0: (laughs) So, who wants to talk a little bit about what a clitoris is and all the parts, and do that education component so that everyone knows.
1: I can start it. And Karen, anytime you want to pop in, you just go right ahead. And I'll poke um, and
0: prod to see if there's other little parts. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was doing my research, although I've I've done my research quite a while ago, um, because I do a lot of actually psycho ed with women in my office already, specifically about the clitoris, because believe it or not, a lot of women don't know exactly not only what it looks like or what it's made up of or how it's formed or what have you. So it's really important for women to know what their clitoris is. It's not just this one little hot button at the top of the vulva. It actually has three kind of main parts that we're going to be talking about. And we'll start off with the actual hood, the clitoral hood. It has a function. The benefit of it is that it protects the clitoris from... Oh my goodness! Do we have visuals? I
0: do. i, just oh, I was just like, fabulous. So you I can point them out while I'm talking. Yes, I have little. Oh. We're videoing this, anyways. So look, I have a
1: fantastic. Little... There it is. Okay. Yep, and people just think it's one hot topic or one hot button. But here we go. So we're looking at the clitoral hood and. Because the actual clitoris is so extremely sensitive, the clitoral hood is actually protecting the clitoris from friction, from um, clothing, from irritants, which is extremely important. Otherwise, it would be so overly sensitive. It would be probably uncomfortable.
0: I it's don't... a bigger version. I actually oh. bought one. So we have all this stuff. It doesn't have a clitoral hood on here which would be kind of the skin that's kind of covering here for everyone that can see.
1: There we go. Fantastic. I'll see if I can
0: find some pictures for you guys while we're doing this.
1: Excellent. Uh, So the hood also creates a lubricant called sebum, and it helps the hood glide smoothly over the clitoris. Um, Believe it or not, ladies, it is similar to a foreskin. Foreskin protects the head of the penis and prevents it being rubbed if you are uncircumcised, it, it protects the, it protects the head of the penis. So it's not overly sensitive. So the clitoral hood is really the same thing. And if I am to quote Emily Nagoski, because I do as much as I can, whenever I can, when it comes to this is everyone's genitals are made of the same parts. It's just organized in a different way and no two are alike. So if you have even an enlarged clitoris, it actually looks like a small penis. And
0: makes, so that- uh, from the historical dynamics, genetically it a- or morphology it kind of does that way yeah it does and so it really is protecting that
1: part of the clitoris as a whole so you know women aren't getting irritated and frustrated and you know
0: it's kind one? of like the blankie the, the hood is like the blankie kind of covering it so that yeah. it's like it's, protected, usually... it's a protective protective feature And it also helps stimulate it too. So in terms of, because it doesn't get direct stimulation a lot from penetration. So the hood kind of starts to stimulate it from the top once penetration occurs.
1: So it's um, an important part. If we move on to the actual clitoris, it has a single purpose and that is really to experience sexual pleasure. And it is the most uh, sensitive part of the whole vulva. And it has approximately eight thousand nerve endings which is actually more than your penis has i believe i read a penis has approximately six five or six thousand no, it's
0: not i think it's even two there's a lot it's like a, the clitoris is like quadruple the density i can look it up while we're at it but yeah it's like the tip of the penis has like two thousand i think and the oh
1: cool. then maybe i'm remembering it wrong, wrong. All I know is clitoris has far more oh, yeah. um, and approximately 8,000 nerve endings. So obviously the hood is very important to keep those nerve endings covered when not in use. Third part we're going to talk about is the legs, also known as a cr- crura, crura. It's a hard one to pronounce. This is actually the largest part of the clitoris and it actually forms a V, kind of like a wishbone it surrounds the vaginal canal and the urethra and what happens is it uh when it becomes aroused it again and gets engorged with blood same as the uh, other parts of the clitoris and it is becomes much more sensitive uh which also leads to sexual pleasure anything i missed anything you want to add i mean obviously if we break it down much much more there's other parts of the clitoris but those are the three main the three main parts
0: or the like the nerve endings i like to talk about too cuz the hood like because it goes down onto the horns right and the horn everyone says the clitoris is this little thing that they kind of see that's sticking out really the clitoris is the horns and all the nerve endings go right up to your nipples as well and so that's technically you can also have an orgasm through nipple stimulation and it's the nerve endings that are attached to that as well
2: so interesting i have definitely learned a lot of things from what you just shared brandy especially the sebum part from the clitoral hood that's what you mentioned right yes never knew that
0: yeah it's almost double so you got double the that's the whole penis so you got this whole larger kind of area with half the number of nerve endings that a clitoris has and the focus on there so
1: so if you relate it to the penis because the hood is like um the uncircumcised part of a penis it it's it's almost like pre-ejaculate it's creating pre-ejaculate same as a penis would right Mm -hmm. so it's things are just It it will glide easier. It won't be as irritated. It's smoother. And so, again, thank you, Emily Nagoski. Same parts organized in a different way, so you can compare it it, very much to a penis in that respect.
0: Yeah, morphology. It starts kind of that way, and it kind of shifts as you kind of change your hormonal value. Mm
1: -hmm. Anything else? I can talk
0: more about. Well, there's all the. There's all the other parts, but it's not really the clitoris. So I guess I'm, I'll take the spot. I'm not going to take the spotlight away today from the clitoris, but I like to talk like, wait, all these nerves. we got all these other kind of parts, all the glands yeah. around there. There's a whole yeah. big area, but that's, I guess that's for the whole vulva and not just the clitoris. So I won't take its day away today. So
1: Don't deny it.
0: <laughs> it gets its day.
1: Gets its day, which is fantastic. All right. So, so do you want to jump into questions then? Or is there anything else either of you wanted to add in regards to Psychoed about the clitoris? Um,
2: I had a question just about the G spot because there's a lot of talk about what that is, where it is, or if it even exists. I, I read that somewhere online too. So I'd love to know any information that either of you have about that. Yeah. Brandy, you want to start? Does it exist? I have no idea.
0: Oh, you know, best question. Um, I I, I like the best person I would ever like Erwin Goldstein, uh, who's kind of like an international award winner. Like this is his baby. He knows this stuff. Like I can't, I think he blew my mind away. The first ASAC conference I went that he presented at because in like 40 minutes he presented stuff that was so controversial and he had pictures and diagrams and I'm like, this is like, you know, the Holy grail that everyone keeps talking about. And he's like, Oh, here it is. Like matter of factly. And he was, I was just like, I was blown away. But yeah, I mean, the G spot is present. All women technically have a G spot. The question is whether it's active. And so that dynamic is typically required to have, there was actually a movie on W five. I think it was like the, the, it was called the G spot. And so, they're doing some, and I saw this years ago, they were doing some in, uh, saline injection to in the G-spot area because if the G-spot isn't located close enough to the nerve, it doesn't really fire up so that they would add saline solution behind it to push that the distance closer because there's an optimal dynamic for it to kind of work. And so when that happens, and it's just, oh boy, I don't know my laterally, it's just kind of, up on the inside and the front forward about an inch up is where it typically would be located and he brought in like visual pictures of the of the morphology from ooh i don't know if they did like a mri or if they did but some you know medical technology stuff because he had a whole bunch of pictures and so well, yes
1: i can give some information on that so if we look at the history it, go, it dates back to about 11th century India, mentions of a G-spot. It's named after Dr. Ernst Grafenberg, and who described it as an erotic zone that could always be demonstrated on the anterior wall of the vagina along the course of the urethra. So in about in 2012, there was a medical study done, and a doctor dissected a cadaver, and suggested that he identified the G-spot and it's a sac with erectile-like tissue on the upper vaginal wall. There was not consensus about this, but um, there was another study in 2017 that did find the same structure. And what they're trying to figure out, is it actually part of the clitoral network or is it its own type of anatomy? I guess is the best word to put it. That's kind of what the debate is right now.
0: But- Technically there there is one. He said all women have it. It's kind of very blatant from his nerve nerve studies and stuff like that. But it's been, it's been a few years since I remember talking and listening to him about that one and I haven't spent too much time, but yeah, if you want to know all about it, uh, Erwin Goldstein to me is like the guru of <laughs> of this, this whole area. And so just kind of playing and listening to that. I mean, there's two other spots. Are you aware of those other ones? No. Uh, I have to go now back in my, it's. I don't tend to use them because most people don't even know that the ACE, there's an a spot, there's the G spot. And there's one more that all of a sudden is blocking in my head, but I'll see if I can go look in my little notes on that one. One's way at the end of the, just near the cervix. And so what happens if you poke on that? You'd have to be lubricated to naturally get there, but it causes arousal and it causes lubrication once that kind of gets poked too. So there is right near there. I wrote them down. You're
1: thinking of the C spot, right? C spot is what you're thinking of?
0: There's a C C. spot,
1: C spot, A spot.
0: Yeah, those three.
1: Yeah. Interesting.
0: Some little stuff you can go dig around for. No pun intended, of course. (laughs) Where's this one the C. Cause I cuz I remembered using an acronym for it but I think <laughs> c a and cag yeah that rings a bell wow this is probably 10 years old in my brain now that I haven't had to talk about for a while
1: <laughs> so lots of psychoeducation when it comes to to the clitoris as a whole there is a book about it uh it's called becoming Clitorate. I I can't say I've read it, but I've heard good things about it. And then attached to this podcast, we're going to put uh, what I found was great. It's a little a little video. It's about a minute and a half, and it's a cartoon, and it's all about the clitoris. So we're going to attach that to to the
0: podcast so people can look it up. It was it was really quite cute, actually. I know Brand, Brandy was so excited telling me about it, so
1: <laughs> I sent it to
0: you. <laughs> Twice I saw twice on tops and on pucks,
1: You're pucks welcome.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just in case you missed it the first time, I doubled up.
2: <laughs> so yeah. Uh, should we get into the questions? Curious, do you have any other wonder. questions, yeah. Or no, Okay. No, I'm I'm ready. So the first question that we have here, um, a listener is asking. My wife only orgasms through clit stimulation. What postures are better for penetration in her case?
1: So according to the research, wife on top would be beneficial because there's lots of access to, to the clitoris, whether she chooses to use um, something like a vibrator or her hands. Doggy style also gives you great access to the vulva area for to for arousal. As well, Those are the best two that I would suggest.
0: For me, I tend to, it depends on if you're looking for clitoral stimulation dynamic versus penetration because they don't kind of always work well together. So spooning for me is one of the good ones that I tell clients to do because you can have during while penetration is occurring, you can use your hands as well. You can use your feet to touch the body. So you have a lot more control. You have two hands. So female on top position allows you to do that somewhat. It's just a little harder to kind of get access, and it depends on what people like. So,
1: but those I read it as how uh, for penetration where she has access to clitoral stimulation. So that's why I would suggest top or or doggy right. style.
2: Yeah, yeah. I learned of a new one. It's called seashell. Not sure if either of you have heard of about it before, but essentially it's missionary, but then with V legs almost so your legs are are quite high and essentially so the vulva is more exposed and so the chances of stimulation are much higher and also the chances of a blended orgasm too which I just learned about so from penetration and clitoral stimulation very fascinating actually didn't know it had a name
0: (laughs) well the blended one I mean depending on how you're the same orgasm but you can have different means to get that dynamic so you can increase intensity and stuff like that but it's still technically the same orgasm
1: interesting so those would be my 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 tops
0: i would say the other thing to add to that since we're talking about clitoris so when you have penetration so think of it as as that orgasm occurs with penetration you're stretching those muscles and those muscles that are gripping typically something so you're going to have a stronger physiological response than just clitorally, just because you're having those muscles contract or extra, you know, stretch a bit. So that's why it can be a lot more intense, but if it's just penetration, only 20% of women can have an orgasm Mm. through just penetration. So that's why what the question is of like penetration is not the important part (laughs) Uh, there. So for for some women, maybe, but if you hit the cervix at the end, some women like it and some really, really don't. So it's kind of, you know, again, to each their own. Awesome.
2: Well, I was going to ask you both because nowadays there's so many new and vibrant vibrators, uh, but there's some vibrators that are used for like during penetration, but also to stimulate the clitoris. Have either of you seen those?
0: Oh my God, there's tons of them, like thousands. So I guess I need to know which one you're talking about (laughs) because...
2: It's just a whole new world that's opened up, but it's... well, you'll have
0: like the the womanizer version, which is kind of a clitoral suction vibration kind of device mm-hmm. can be utilized during penetration because it's purely on the outside. But some people will also add things to the penis, so it's like the it's like a cockering around the penis with a vibrator on it as well or stimulator on it so that will happen during penetration. Yeah, there's like, I'm sure there's enough motivation that people will find a way to <laughs> get off.
1: Well, and I think a good point, bringing it up, Karen, there's so many, like you said, different parts or different types of vibrators. And some are just like the external for external use only, like something like the wand. So it's basically just for clitoral stimulation. Then you've got insertables. So the the vibrators inserted up into the vaginal canal. Some of those insertables are just one straight, insertable piece so you can use it both externally and internally some have two pieces so the insertable is vibrating in the vaginal canal and then there's an extra piece on the outside that's also stimulating the clitoris and then some of them get really wild and have three pieces so you've got the insertable that's going into the vaginal canal the one that is um vibrating on the uh, clitoris and one that can be inserted into the rectum as well for all pleasure triple
0: your pleasure yeah Because they're all erogenous zones.
1: Yeah. So it really depends on what you're looking for or what works best for you or what is most pleasurable or more fun. So yeah.
0: Next.
2: Great. So uh, next listener here, can clit sensitivity be affected by sex toys? I find that if I use it too much, it can cause tolerance buildup and decrease sensitivity. I also find it takes too long for me to orgasm that my clitoris goes numb for a bit. Is this unhealthy? And what should I do to make sure it's not damaging? Okay. I, I can, so, I'm going let
0: Brandy take the lead. I'm just going to sit back and let you clitoris experts uh, kind of talk <laughs> about this. And I'll just fill in little gaps. So I'm going to sit back.
1: <laughs> just remember, just because we have them. and will sit back and watch.
0: Everybody <laughs> has
1: the same experience. so. Um, Uh, here's what I did find. Um, I found a, a journal study. It was published in the journal of sexual medicine by, and this is the finding. So, and they did find that vibrators do not have a numbing effect. In fact, there was an overwhelming evidence stating that vibrators contributed to a lot of positive outcomes, such as orgasm, increased lubrication, decreased pain, and greater likelihood that users will seek, um, gynecological checkups, When they talk about, um, there was a thing going around the internet not long ago called dead vagina syndrome, which you use a vibrator or uh, your hands so much that your clitoral area and your vulva becomes numb. They have found absolutely no science backing this. What they did say though, is some people who do find that they become a little numb. It's just like if you're mowing your lawn, if you got a big lawn and your hands go numb, Because of the vibration, it's kind of normal, but then it it dissipates quite quickly. So scientifically, not anything stated. Long
0: term. I think they were talking long term. Yeah, short term. You can see short term stimulation because it's just a nerve, right? And that nerve will fire and it will get sensitized and it fatigues and therefore it has to protect itself. But in the long run, yeah, I think all the stuff that I've read, it goes back to normal, but you've got to give it a bit of rest.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So the other thing though, too, that, that that I find is it depends on what kind of vibration a vibrator is giving you because there's very fine vibration. I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but it's just like the, right? Very, very fine. High or
0: frequency. High frequency. <laughs>
1: okay, great. Or there's the more rumbly yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: vibration. And so it really depends on on what your body likes on what you become accustomed to. But I mean, same as as anything, if you overuse a nerve or a nerve is stimulated consistently, there's like a time where it is your body will say, "Mm, time out, I need a rest, please, you know. So I, I don't think that there's anything unhealthy about it. I don't think there's anything damaging, according to the Journal of Sexual Medicine or anything else that I have read. You just may want to take a bit of a break and give your your vulva and clitoris a bit of a of a break. And then everything should be fine on a going forward basis.
0: Yeah. Can you damage it? Yes. Because, I mean, we're looking at, we are talking about high frequency, low amplitude kind of vibrators. You can have low frequency, high amplitude. So these are like jackhammer dynamics. But, you know, for the standard sex toys, I don't think you're going to have any concerns, but a lot of people don't use standard sex toys too. And so then you can have, you, you can, it is a sensitive body part and you can damage it. You can cause nerve damage if it's too high or too intense, or you're using things that aren't made for that. So it's just be careful and, you know, be aware of using kind of safe, appropriately, you know, vetted uh, toys or equipment. Now, there is some stuff for um like some individuals will have disabilities or nerve damage dynamics given accidents and so there are higher intensity sex toys. And so those are the ones that kind of, you know, way higher than your average uh, sex toy that you'll see. And so they're typically more therapeutic style to cause that deep uh, vibration that can still cause orgasm response if you have nerve damage and issues.
2: Did you have anything to add to that one, Karen? think so i mean i it sounds like some uh some clitorises are more sensitive than others um and so those that are less sensitive you'll find that sometimes you'll need even more stimulation to to find any pleasure out of it and so it's just a matter of understanding your own body knowing what works for you and if it's too sensitive sometimes just adding layers changing the pressure and the pacing that seems to work for
0: some lubrication yeah and some silicone lubes a lot of women tend to like the silicone lube because it creates a little bit of that barrier to kind of run it without being too sensitive
1: i would also suggest not just putting the vibrator just on the clitoris (laughs) and clitoral (laughs) hood move it around Right. right so we know that the legs go all the way down to like all the way down the outer labia. So if I mean too much of a good thing is still too much of a good thing. So I would move it around because those other parts, the legs, um are still becoming engorged with blood, are still becoming highly sensitive. So I would try different things down the outside of the vulva and not just on the clitoris.
0: And and mindset and context too for a lot of women I'll find is, you know, stimulation by itself may not do it. It become irritant. Nipple stimulation when it, when you're not aroused becomes an irritant. Nipple stimulation during arousal becomes pleasurable. So same behavior, context, and timing as well as circumstances can all make a change to that.
1: Yeah, awesome. I think we got that one.
0: Just yeah, don't 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 rip it. Don't bleed it. Don't <laughs> just uh, you know watch the intensity because some people like it very intense, and so those are the individuals that are higher have a higher chance of kind of damaging things. Right. Mm-hmm. That's
2: good advice. So next question that we have here is, why do women always say that you should be very gentle with a clitoris to deliver them pleasure, while whenever there are videos of girls masturbating, it always looks like she's performing a wild guitar solo? On <laughs> <her butt? laughs> well, welcome
1: to the fantasy of porn, mm-hmm. just like any other movie. This is a creation. This is fantasy. It's not always reality. So if that's the only thing that you know, I mean, I, I get that, but you should you should really listen to what your partner finds arousing or what your partner finds stimulating, and just because you see something on porn doesn't mean that that's how real sex is actually happening.
0: Yeah, the gentleness I think is very case dependent. I think clitoris is tend to be a lot more sensitive overall, but like I said, some some like it rough and very intense, and so those individuals need that higher level of stimulation to get that orgasmic response or even pleasure. And even as they go through the process, because if they might have a gentle stimulation in the first end, as the duration goes on, it starts to become numb. So they need more intensity or stimulation to kind of fire that off, depending on how they've trained themselves and how the body responds to pleasure response.
1: Well, also keep in mind for like uh, some of our kinky folks, the reality is there's a real fine line between pleasure and pain, and they will play with that. And so, no, pun intended. Some... <laughs> right. Oh, it just comes so naturally. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, you're punning, right?
1: <laughs> So, I think you really have to, this is where communication with your partner really comes in. In to play because if they they might want to k- kind of experience or or navigate that and s- see how it goes or what is more pleasurable what's less pleasurable what happens if we try this or what happens if we try something else so i would have that conversation with your partner they may want
0: unique yeah very it, unique to every individual so it's just go check the buffet try it all and see which one works for you or what combination of dishes work for you and that
1: and remember that everybody is different.
0: I think when I'm looking at, you know, vulvas and clitoral dynamics, I would say is that, you know, for men, there is a much more consistent pattern of what works compared to women, where there's a much more varied response in terms of what works from kind of a masturbatory practice or, or a stimulation. So yeah.
1: we're a little more complex and unique.
0: <laughs> mm hmm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah and I wanted to add you know in terms of being very gentle with the clitoris to me it it almost sounds like having a sort of build up and kind of adding teasing into pleasure um cuz certainly for for folks they they get a lot of stimulation from just rubbing of the other parts of of the clitoris right the inner labia and e- even just foreplay right it's like there's so much about uh fantasy that comes in into sex especially for uh, for for women, so yeah, it's all it's all about communicating. I agree with that. So, Spoken
0: from personal experience, I bet right too, right? So <laughs> look at those grins. Yeah, yeah, I got it.
2: <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> so uh, next question here is: when my partner orgasms when I go down on her, she becomes very sensitive down below. So sensitive, I think it hurts. I enjoy eating her out and would like to keep going as much as I can. I guess my question is, what would happen if we continued through the discomfort and sensitivity?
1: And my question would be, what would happen if we were giving a man a handjob and it became very sensitive to the point it almost hurts? Do you want to discontinue through that? This is a personal question you need to ask your partner. Some partners will be, yeah, let's give it a go. And some partners will be like, absolutely not. It's too sensitive. It's too much. And there is such a thing as too much. And I think that's where communication comes in when you are uh, being intimate with your partner or partners. If it if it hurts, I don't think, I mean, again, if you're in the kinky world and you want to play with that, great. But just as a generality, most women don't want to play with that pleasure playing dynamic. And so that they're would be
0: Hypersensitive, to, so Yeah, yeah. It's called, yeah, I think it's called post-orgasmic hypersensitivity. It occurs in a percentage of the population. Some individuals don't get it. They can go on and on and on and on and on. And some people, as soon as they have that first orgasmic response, everything just becomes hypersensitive enough to that painful response. And so that's why they stop and they can't kind of continue on.
1: But I think, you know, when it it comes to these sorts of questions, I would ask myself, well, what would I want if it were my body?
0: it usually doesn't decrease it will just get more sensitive that dynamic to answer his question so let's continue through that discomfort and sensitivity you will continue to get more discomfort and more sensitivity and she'll probably hate you um (laughs)
2: unless you're playing with the dynamic
0: yeah unless she's into that and says okay torture me in this way
1: Yeah. So I would, I wouldn't push through just to push through without that communication piece and without that consensual piece, first and foremost, if you want to play with that dynamic, then definitely have that conversation first and foremost to make sure everyone's on the same page, have your safe words ready. And when, if, and when she says stop, I think that's really important to
0: stop. Next question.
2: Yes. So the final question that we have here, uh, it's quite a long one. So This person seems to have experienced uh, a real orgasm, they say. So they are 22 female. They started masturbating when they were 15. And the only way that they knew at the time was fingering. Some of their best orgasms were using that method at the time. And so a friend of theirs started making jokes that they'd get loose if they were to use tampons And so they started fingering themselves since and have kind of been scared to do it again. Uh, So it seems like they use a vibrator on their clit to get off. But recently they used both fingering and a vibrator on their clitoris and the orgasm was absolutely insane. It felt like wetness leaked onto their hand, which has never happened before from just stimulating the clitoris. And so their question is how they can translate what happened there with sex with a man. Well,
1: there's a lot on that one.
2: So, first and foremost, you're not going to
1: I don't think get loose from either using tampons or digitally masturbating with yourself.
0: Unless you're like using your hand. Well, that's fisting. Uh, yeah. Not okay. Or or, or right. f- five fingers, four right? fingers. And... So that's that's a little bit different. <laughs>
1: A lot of women really like both penetration and clitoral stimulation. It's great, right? So um, it sounds like, and I don't know, but if she, when she said that, or he, but I think it's she, uh, felt wetness in her hand, sounds like she could have squirted a little bit. And oftentimes, or it could have been uh, a G-spot orgasm. How do you translate this with a man? Well, a a penis would be similar to fingering. And sometimes women need to adjust their bodies or positions to find the best position on where to hit that spot. You could also, a man could also use his fingers and uh, the same use as a vibrator to do the same thing. Or if a man wants, if you want to play with toys in that with a double dynamic, you can always, a man could use his fingers. And you could use the vibrator. So there's lots of different ways to do this, but I think when you get penetration plus clitoral stimulation, it it all feels quite you tend quite to get a great. stronger
0: a stronger <laughs> orgasmic response.
1: Yeah, you know. So I mean that those are just my two thought my two cents about that. At the moment. Yeah,
0: I mean, it, it directly translates to work, you know, having, you know, a male partner in that dynamic, because even if he's going down on her and he's using his finger and using clitoral stimulation with his mouth, it applies using his finger and, you know, internally, you know, and she's stimulating herself or he's stimulating her applies, uh, you know, a penis inside and, you know, clitoral, like, it's all the kind of diff- different parts. Guys have fingers too. Girls have fingers. What? Guys just have one more appendage that can be utilized
1: too. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I mean, it It totally, in which way you want to try that it applies with another person, another male, another female, you know, and so it, you really have to know your own body. So I think it's great that she's kind of figuring out her own body and and seeing what works for her and how she responds to it and what she would like. Because when you know that, then you can translate that and communicate that with your partner, whether it be another man or another woman, to get kind of the best outcome possible. Also, keep in mind, again, Emily Nagoski... <laughs> the outcome for sex is not but you orgasm. just had a little
0: mini orgasm there you know <laughs> if
1: i were to fan girl about one woman in the world it would be emily nagoski she's just i think <laughs> fabulous so i you know the whole out the whole reason to have sex is for pleasure orgasm is this great really fabulous side you effect you can still but- do it
0: for procreation too if you choose
1: Yes, I'm not saying that, but the, the it is supposed to be pleasurable and fun. Orgasm, great side effect, but that's not necessarily the whole point of sex. We're looking for fun and communication and pleasure.
0: Now, the one thing I do want to comment on, she says another real orgasm in quotes. So I think the dynamic here is it's not really a real, like she had a real orgasm before. She just had a stronger orgasm response. Right. That's all. And so you can up that dynamic as you start upping your game and understanding how your brain likes to function, what fantasies running, what circumstance, you know, you typically add brandy brandy was talking about the erogenous zones anally. So if you add another erogenous zone in there, it usually increases the orgasmic response even higher. So it's like the you know, the more goodies happens, the the stronger that orgasmic response can occur.
1: I would just be careful because again, as a reminder, there is such a thing as too much stimulation. So, you know, if you decide to, to get one of those really wild fun vibrators that have the three prongs, it it can be a lot. And some women do find, is this
0: like, Brandy smile? Oh. Are you, <laughs> is,
1: this, is it a lot, Brandy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't, you know, my mom listens to this. <laughs>
0: I have to, the dead dead. I have to like, oh, the opportunity was just too sweet for you me to know? miss that one.
1: but I've worked with women who have said that sometimes too much is there is such a thing as too much so just you know be gentle and get to know your own body and when you have that opportunity then you need to communicate that with your partner
0: we call it like mapping it out so you map out your your process kind of like that dance from beginning to end on how you'll tend to like it some people like a fast start some people like a slow start
1: so that's important to be able to communicate that with your partner
0: so Closing. So key points of takeaways from today, now that we've learned a little bit more about a clitoris. Karen?
2: Well, for me, this was just very enlightening in terms of the anatomy of things. Um, I got really into the stats of all of this in terms of the comparisons between homosexual women and heterosexual women and the race. The
0: true sex nerd here going on, right? So <laughs>
2: Yes, and it's just it's really fascinating. It's fascinating to see the differences, and even just how many women are able to, uh, reach an orgasm when they're in a long-term relationship versus one-night stands, and that to me just signifies how important it is to get to know your own body for your partner and communicate that. Um, that was very apparent. But I I wanted to share with you all a website that I just learned about. It's called O M G Yes. Oh yes. It's fantastic. I just learned about it. But for for those listeners that you don't, uh, you haven't learned about it, it's essentially just it offers helpful animations and videos for for women or anybody that has a a clitoris just to learn different types of ways to achieve orgasm. So simulation, uh, with fingering, with toys, et cetera. And you can even use it with a partner too. So if we should gonna... reach
0: out to them to see if we put their link on our website or something like that. So...
2: We definitely should. They're fantastic. Uh, and I believe it's a one time payment only, so about $59. And you get access to it all. So.
1: I think they have a, a um, volume two now because I watched that years ago when it was this volume one. And so mm-hmm. I learned that through Emma Watson of all people,
2: yes. right? Yes. So that was, thank you, Emma
1: Watson <laughs> for bringing that to light. Yeah. But yeah, it is very good. And just so the people know, it is very graphic. There are uh, women giving instruction with their own bodies on how they achieve orgasm. So it is it is almost like it is pornography but it's not crude. It's just very, inst- it's very instructional. explicit sexual
0: education videos.
1: It is, but I just wanted to let people know that there is, you know, very explicit nudity and in instruction on how each woman with their own body does achieve orgasm.
0: Sex Smart Films has a bunch of those too. So if they're looking for a little cheaper version too, sometimes you can kind of see some of those and they're anything from really old, old videos to, you know, nostalgia ones to kind of current ones. So that's another one.
1: And I think Jessica Drake, uh, Jessica Drake is not only uh, works in the porn industry, but is also a sex educator. And I think she does educational things as well. I follow her on Instagram and I do believe that she does uh, stuff like that as well. More educational versus the fantasy pornography watching.
0: Now, if you are having extreme pain going forward or some of those cases, it's also encourage you to kind of talk with your OBGYN or your urologist who specializes in sexual health, stuff like that, because things can be going on and we don't want you to experience that for too long. So kind of most things are curable and there are some cases that, you know, disorders that have, you know, cause a hypersensitivity from really young, young ages. And so it's just check that in, get it done, addressed fast. Some may require surgery as well if you're having some of those experiences, but...
1: I think my biggest takeaway is that you know and as I've sat in my office with women is we weren't from like from a sex ed perspective we weren't taught all of these things in school about the clitoris right well, we it could... wasn't even
0: there when we were in school it's pretty recent knowledge when we were looking at the hoods everyone just thought it was this little nub and, and yeah then, you know the clitoral hood and the the legs the legs and the even the the links to the nipples as part of the clitoris. Um, response. So it's all kind of connected in a much bigger array of networks.
1: So I guess my my most best advice is really to do your research on the anatomy of it. I, I go over it a lot with women my age and older, because uh, we were not taught in school. I don't even think my girls were taught this in school, actually, in their the middle uh, Gen Z generation. So really know uh, what you're talking about and know your body and what feels good. So then you can actually communicate that to your partner, which will lead to better, more connected, fun sex.
0: And there is no one size fits all or one style fits all.
2: No, not at all. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like one of the, one of the toughest things that women do is compare ourselves to others you know, whether it is your partner's previous partners and whether they were able to, uh, to to get off with certain stimulation, whatever it may have been, there are so many different anatomical differences that I I had no idea about. And and that has a big part to do with this. Uh, not a lot of women know about it.
0: So. And remember, you don't need touch to have an orgasm. Technically, you can learn how to induce that orgasmic response without actual physical touch. It's not so easy. But it is doable. Some people just rely on touch to kind of do that, but it is not the only way. True. Wonderful talk about clitorises.
1: It was a good one. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We certainly appreciate you.
0: And see you next round.